Ohio, are you on? I am on. I'm on a wagon trail to worshiping the Trinity. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, sometimes I have to stretch a little bit. Yeah. Really? But I like Western books, and so the wagon trail was kind of a cool concept to me. <laughs> so how's things in, in Wisconsin? <laughs> I should say I'm on a Wisconsin trail, too. Uh, see, that trail. works. That works. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I was going to go for a church history one. I'm on the Oregon Trail with Origin. No? <laughs> there you no. go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it. I think you've mastered this, Rick. I'm gonna I'm gonna quit trying. I... <laughs> uh, things in Wisconsin are beautiful and cold, and it's wonderful. We had a warm snap last weekend, and it's wonderfully over. That's what we call it in Wisconsin. We call yeah. it cold weather just weather, and then it's hot. We call it a warm snap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I was in Minnesota on I think Wednesday, and it was in the 80s, and mm-hmm. then Thursday it was in the 50s. That sounds right. That yeah. sounds right. Yep. Yep. It's yep. not going to go back up, but it will go drastically down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I have wow. a, I have a question for you this morning, my friend Rick. Why? Why are you asking me questions? Are we geocaching? We are geocaching and geocaching. What's geocaching, Rick? That's my first question. Well, you know, it's something my kids got into. I never did, admittedly, and I, I apologize to the, to that, Josh, and I shall go flog myself with wet noodles. Um, but uh, it's finding, uh, going. they would use these coordinates and go find these little uh, uh, canisters with uh, some kind of a little, hey, you made it here, mm. or sometimes a little treasure in a little... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we used to call film canisters. That's a term nobody uses anymore. What are those, um, Uncle Rick? <laughs> finding these little treasures. <laughs> little treasures. Yeah, How did I do in that one, Josh? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I I got to say. Yeah, I mean, you're getting there. <clears throat> With my help, you could be the best. Yeah. <laughs> Woo-hoo! So, um, so, question for you. Um, have you ever had a job... Where you felt invisible. Have I ever had a job where I felt visible? Invisible. <laughs> no, no, I'm no. asking the opposite question. <laughs> well, most of your career yeah. is in ministry, so I think you've probably felt too visible. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, I, you're right. I have had jobs where, <clears throat> you know, you're just one person on a line. I know some uh, summer jobs I had in high school where you're just one person on a line. Mm-hmm. And you're not mm-hmm. invisible in the sense that if you don't do your job, it, something happens, but nobody cares that you're there. And if you're not there in the morning, they'll pick somebody else. So yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had jobs where I felt invisible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I used to, um, I used to make signs. I worked at a weird factory where we made the signs that you see when you go into, um, like a CVS drugstore. Mm. Um, and if it, if you go up to the the red sign that says pharmacy and you grab the R and you yank it off the wall, um, I don't don't do this, but this is hypothetically. If you do that and you look on the back of it, it might say McDonald employee number one two zero five nine. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I could get away with. I've said, look, I'm 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 a sign inspector. I want to know where this sign came from. A friend of mine made these. Yeah, he made all the yeah. R's on the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
but it was it it was just i mean that was definitely the most drone kind of job i've had um and my name appeared as my name and my name stamp but trust me the number mattered a lot more yeah um, yeah and i was just you know basically could have been there could have not been there i was entirely invisible so uh, that's one of the things we're kind of running across um, in our our geocache today, um, and we're going to center around uh, the verse First Corinthians uh, four, verse one. Um, and my <clears throat> my dad, who's a pastor for um, centuries, I think, um, would always frame would always say, "Turn with me, if you will, to yes. First Corinthians four, verse one." And and repeat it three times for the for the slow people who yeah. take their time with the Bible. <laughs> that that is First Corinthians four and verse one, the first verse of Corinthians chapter four. <laughs> we should do a whole thing on on that that sermon convention. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, and you think of like like Catholic churches and others that, first of all, don't say "Turn with me, if you will," because they're right. not they don't have the Bibles in hand. Right. Um, they might have the the program in hand that has the scripture reading on it, but they will say, "The first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter four and verse one." You know, and it's like, oh, I love it. <laughs> so, a uh, very short verse. He says, "This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God." Um, so we're going to hmm. zero in the our geocaches on that word, servants. Um, you have to look at the framing. The framing of Corinthians, the Corinthian letter, is amazing. Um, I mean, and people have made whole careers out of what was going on in Corinth. Um, and uh, if you, if if any Bible dorks listening want to really dork it up, you can look up the lectures by Gordon Fee for YWAM. Um, and Gordon Fee is probably the the you know closed case expert on the Corinthian letters and these lectures are from 1978 and he's doing them for YWAM so it's all the old like it looks like somebody painted the colors on there because it's all this like wavy old fuzzy um, and it's hilarious and one of the things he's having a side discussion in there someone asked him about this new translation that just came out he's talking about the NIV oh my word yes <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's, you know, thin and young and has, like, hair with color in it. Yeah, not the way I remember him at all. (laughs) That's funny. I remember when the NIV came out. Oh, wow. Wow. And I'm aging myself. I was was in college at the time. Okay. Well, I was in diapers at the time, but it was still, you know. (laughs) Well, I read more of it than you did. (laughs) You probably did, especially the Old Testament. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> Corinth. Back to Corinth. Um, yes. Yeah. So Corinth was this really cosmopolitan city. Um, it was a trade city. You had people coming in from all sides, east and west. Uh, back then, it was they were coming in from the edges of the known world, which was really only just a, probably a few thousand miles away. But back then, it was that was the edge of the universe. They would bring their languages with them, their religions with them their uh, prostitutes with them. They would bring all sorts of things. 
um, there to Corinth. Uh, and one of the things that, that you can still go to and still stand on and still look at was what was called the Dialcos, or I'm sure I'm Dialcos or something. I don't know. Uh, I don't speak Greek. The road. The road. Yes. Um, the over road, I believe that means in Greek. Um, it's a road where they actually carried the ships over this, mm -hmm. um, over this, uh, and now this, here's a word I don't know how to pronounce. Isthmus. Isthmus, yeah. <laughs> Isthmus. Um, hey, no, it's almost a Wisconsin word. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. They, they went over, you know, the stop and go, like, <laughs> go, go east to the stop and go light and then take a left at the Isthmus. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, it was a road where they actually would take the ships out of the water and carry them across this road. So they would avoid about a week's journey down around the end of a peninsula uh, that was very dangerous and rocky and everything else. So this, this road was there and they would put the, um, the boat on, I, I think it was like timbers or something. I'm sure it changed over mm -hmm. the centuries uh, how they did it. Um, and so hold that in your mind for a second. The other, the other part going on here is that um, they had eight levels of slave in the ancient world. Mm. Um, and so slaves were their own internal subculture and subcultures within, within that subculture. Mm -hmm. um, slavery in the ancient world, that's a whole other discussion, was, was very different than what we think of when we think of American slavery. Right. Um, you know, which is, which is great because at least in the West and in, and in much of the developed world now, that was the end of slavery. So that is, yes. that is our mind picture of what slavery was. And slavery had been part of, has been part of human history for right up. I mean, if you put it on a clock, it'd be right up till about 1158. Yeah. Um, so slavery back then, there were eight levels of slave. One of the highest was the Therapon, who was basically a, a therapist a counselor to the aristocracy. Mm. Um, the lowest slave were the hupo retes, and man, I am I'm butchering Greek this morning. Um, you know, I can I can definitely say hi, Dad. I'm probably saying these words wrong. You, you're welcome to give me a hard time later. Um, but um, the hupo retes and hypo hype you have hyperglycemic, which means too much. Hypo, which means too little. Um, and hupo means below, and that was below mm. below decks, um, the below rowers, and these were the people oh, yeah. that were below the decks of the ships, um, <clears throat> who rarely even saw sunlight. Um, they were chained to the bench, and they rode and rode and rode until they died. Um, they threw them out a trap door to the sharks, and the next guy got up, um, and that was it. Um, and so one of the only places that you ever saw the Hupo Retes was on the Dialcos. And the Dialcos was where they got out and they were the ones who actually pulled the ship, which must have been brutal work, brutal work. Oh my word, yeah. I can't and I'm sure many of them died, you know, were just steamrolled by the whole thing. Um not in a metaphorical way. <laughs> um and, Well, just going from the darkness of the galley to sunlight would have made some many of them exhausted or Heat stroke and all yeah. kinds of other things. Yeah, that yeah. would have been quite just quite painful. Um, yeah. In in that, even just doing that, um, and so what? The rest of the crew would go party in Corinth. 
Yeah. So the captains and the sailors and everybody would, would go leave and go, you know, do what you did in Corinth, which was never anything good. Um, so they're out having Mardi Gras, and the Huporetes were the only time. And I imagine, I'm just guessing just the way that humanity is, that people would sometimes come almost like a freak show and watch these guys who were probably dirty, hairy, you know, um, and they would just watch this happen. So the, the point being here that Paul uses that word in chapter four, verse one, he says, we aren't just slaves. Yeah. We are huporetes. We are the worst kind of slaves. We're the lowest kind of slaves and that's who we are. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you know, you can look at that from a couple of different perspectives and you can feel really badly about yourself or you can look at it from a different perspective and look at how good God is. Exactly. That he Amen. takes us and makes us his own. And I think I think that's probably part of the point here is that, you know, it's God saying, you know, no matter who you are, even the lowliest of the slaves, you are mine. Hmm. You know, and... uh you are part of the mystery of my goodness. Exactly. Exactly. That that the even the fact that we are this kind of slave doesn't matter. Yeah. Um that part of our, our identity doesn't matter. What I what matters is our identity in Christ. But I also wonder if if the the it's it's kind of how everybody else sees Christian Christians and Christianity is that we are the invisible ones participating with Jesus in a work that they perhaps don't recognize, refuse to recognize, um, refuse to be a part of. And it's almost like you were saying, um, it's almost like uh, people are out there just watching them do all the hard work. Um, and it's almost like a freak show. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you wonder if, if God is saying, sometimes that's what it's gonna, you're going to be, is you're going to be like the freak show to the world. Hmm. Yeah. You're going to be on display. Yeah. On display. Exactly. Um, and I think what need, we need to remember, we're not meant to do the rowing, rowing on our own. Uh, Jesus set the example. He became the lowest of slaves and rose with us. And that would be him chained to the bench next to us. Mm. And because he is there and because people at the table in the early church, at the at the communion table... Some of these people, probably that was the first time they saw slaves at that level. Mm. Uh, you know, if they weren't nautical people, if they weren't part of that that culture, they probably wouldn't have even seen them with their own eyes. And here they are breaking bread with them because that's what it means to be in Christ. Pax Humana. Cheers. Cheers.